the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Wednesday. It is a sunny Wednesday. Certainly feels like spring is in the air. You know, I, I want to just start off and touch on this situation with Piers Morgan. If you're not following it, and I know some people aren't going to fully get this, but it's very significant because he spoke out about that big Prince Harry, Meghan Markle interview on Oprah. And as a result of that, of he gave his opinion that he didn't like what she said and he didn't believe her. And as a result of it, the woke mob basically has cost him his job. Now, I recognize that, you know, we're in the United States and they're in London, but it's significant. It's significant because the politically correct, woke, cancel culture mob went after Piers Morgan, who, regardless what you think of him, you know, the guy is good on TV. And I thought he was right on the money with what he was saying. He lost his job because he disagreed and gave his opinion about this whole situation with defending the royal family he is very good on tv and he's taking a stand and i want you to understand what this is about is freedom of speech now granted it happened in london but look at what happened here there was a high profile interview he gave his opinion they received all these complaints and as a result of it he is basically out of a job so I want to play for you. This was he, he watched this big interview and this is this is him to reaction to it. Falling over today. I'm sickened by what I've just had to watch. Okay, and then you know, you people might, your, be, no, no. might be upset. Sorry, you can come to your, you can defend it in a minute. I'm just gonna say what I'm gonna say. Okay. This is a two hour trash a thon of our royal family, of the monarchy, of everything the Queen has worked so hard for, and it's all being done as Prince Philip lies in hospital. Mm-hmm. They trash everybody. They basically make out the entire royal family a bunch of white supremacists by dropping this race bombshell without What's that phrase. They didn't name any. They didn't name which one it was. Right. They just throw it out there. Yep. So it could be any member of the royal family. That's and Harry right. says, "I'll never say who it was." It, well, you better say it fast. <laughs> What's the part of the interview that you're referring to? The bit where they accuse uh, the uh, unnamed member of the royal family. Uh, this is the race bombshell that Meghan drops. That Harry then talks about. Let's watch. And also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. I don't born. believe that. I don't believe that. What? I don't believe that. I don't think that was, I don't think it was done. And then they wouldn't back it up. You know who else has been great on this? Boy, the two of them both belong back on television. The other one is, remember, she left Fox. She had the terrible show on NBC. But Megan Kelly. She is great on this whole so far, thing. They seem to be very well ensconced in a very safe place here in California. But if you want your liberty, then you're going to have to pay for it. That's the way life works. Uh, it's really it's it's not so a unsympathetic to, work out. To, to a couple who were clearly at risk. All they were asking for was to be protected. Oh, please. You're buying into their ludicrously self-serving narrative. Prince Charles said it wasn't true. Well, they were told when they finally made their well, you can have when they finally made, we're leaving Britain, we're leaving the royal family, we won't do any more duty. And they said, okay, well, in that case, I'm afraid the paid security that comes with the job of doing royal duty, that, I'm afraid, goes with the job. Right. And at that point, they throw well, the toys yeah. out of the brand. So can I just say this? Here's the other thing that really irritated me about the whole thing. I understand they had problems. If, if, if there is a racist in the royal family saying stuff like that about their child, it's deeply upsetting. I get it. But nowhere in there did I hear any acknowledgement of the enormous privilege they had. That's right. right? Some perspective saying, look, it wasn't a great experience. We chose to leave. That, was the way, that wasn't the way we want to live our lives. But... We understand there's so much suffering in the world. We've seen it firsthand this past year in our in both of our countries. And we're good. We're grateful for the blessings we have. We're not here to complain. You know, that was, she's, again, the two of them. Let me hear a little more, more of, uh, this was Megyn Kelly. I mean, completely unaware of how she sounded, right? Like, I, I wasn't planning on saying anything shocking, except for my husband's racist family almost drove me to suicidal thoughts. <laughs> while I was pregnant with my baby. Um, and by the way, I, I had no idea what the internet said about Harry. 
Nobody believes that. And I, I thought meeting the queen was going to be just like meeting a celebrity in Los Angeles, like like meeting a Kris Jenner, right? Like nobody believes that. Then she goes on to say, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't believe in any of the grandeur. You know, there's an article already up in the New York Post here in the States saying this is the person who had Clooney and Oprah at her wedding, even though she didn't even know them, and then covered herself in blood diamonds from the Saudi prince. So like spare us that you're not into any of the grandeur. And then while she's spinning this tale about how tough she had it in the castle, how lonely she was in the castle, um, she's, she's painting herself in sort of these adorations. Like I, I'm, it was incredibly courageous of me to come forward about my depression and I just love saving things. And it was like, it was just peppered with these compliments of herself while she was making these complaints that will be totally unrelatable to 99% of the people out there. That's right. Yeah, I, you know what, Megan? I couldn't have put that better myself. So She was terrific. Again, that was Megan Kelly with uh, with Pierce Morgan, who then walked off, walked off the set. They asked him to apologize. He refused. And, uh, and I'll tell you, he is great. But think of that. It's all just because of what he said and people disagreed with it and he's sticking by his guns and he won't apologize. And, you know, so much of this folks, just because look at how this thing becomes a, because she said it, well, you know, it'd be impossible that she's Megan's not telling the truth. So, all right, we have a lot more head. It's Wednesday. It's John DePietro, a lot more head right here on the John DePietro show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years contact karen etchells at innovast digital marketing she will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results she's local and responsive give karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today. 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain. 401-272-3340. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. 
Always listen online at the website, DePetro.com. Joining me right now, he covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. Uh, Dan, normally at the end, I ask you to, folks, this is your chance. You get a free email, and you send it to Dan. And all you have to do is send a blank email, and then you get one each day. And I, I want to start off now because talk about, you know, this morning I'm scrolling through my emails, and then, boom, there it is in roadmap about these giving meters. So <laughs> why don't we first start off, how can people, folks, again, there's no obligation. You get a free email each day from Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. It's all new content. I, I read it from top to bottom. Let's, if you don't mind, Dan, let's start off with that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, John. Yeah, the very, very simple. Like John said, free, it's new, you get it every morning. Send a blank email to rinews at globe.com. rinews at globe.com. If it's blank, I'll know what it is. I'll put it right, uh, put your email right in and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. And exactly right. You get new stuff, you get analysis from me, you get reporting. Uh, you get all the stories that, that we're working on the globe, and you get a great rundown, kind of here are the key things happening today, where the, where the governor is going to be, you know, what's happening in Congress, things like that. And I want people to understand, I was under the impression that Dan put this together the night before. You actually put this together in the morning. That's a lot of work to do first thing in the morning. Yeah, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day and Holy put it together. The, the good news is, John, and what, what I think makes it valuable for people is that there's always the ability to kind of change on the fly. You never know. Yes. You know, 6 a.m., you get an email from the governor's office saying yep. you're doing something new today. So you are literally, I mean, almost minute to minute, you're, you're getting a big update right first thing in the morning. So that's why I do it in the morning. Now, if you don't mind, I, that really caught my attention about just to refresh people's memories. 2017, major problems still continue, actually. A problem with panhandlers in and around Providence. Mayor Alors or someone in the staff somehow came up with this idea. We know we'll have, we'll have giving meters, not parking meters. We'll put up all these giving meters. Now, it never made sense to me. Uh, I was very critical of simply because I thought there's a big difference of someone standing at the intersection. They come up to your car. People roll down the window, give them some money. And someone actually going up to what looks like a parking meter. But this is the first update, Dan McGowan, that I've seen about these, quote, giving meters. Yeah, this is uh, pretty unbelievable. I think even if you had low expectations for how much money uh, you were going to, you know, generate from such a thing, and you you nailed it. These are, they're, they're, they're literally, they're parking meters, but they're placed in what are considered high pedestrian traffic areas. So there's one in Kennedy Plaza, there's one uh, on Federal Hill, there's one on Hope Street, Thayer Street. And they're orange. You can't miss them. Anybody who's been in Providence has probably seen them. So I want to know how much money have they actually generated. It's been three and a half years now. So, you know, you can't you can't get on us for, you know, picking on the mayor. And it turns out that since September of 2017, so three and a half years, the entire program has generated two thousand nine hundred forty one bucks. So that's essentially two dollars a day over the course of. Uh, you know, over the course of three and a half years, they actually paid a thousand bucks each for each of them to be installed. So they're mm. very much they're very much in the red. And here's the other catch, John. Now, you, you already probably say, oh, my God, this has clearly not worked. But here's the other problem of that two thousand nine hundred and forty one dollars. The city said, you know what, we're going to uh, donate all of the proceeds to good organization, you know, social service organizations haven't donated a penny. So there's. $2,941 that are sitting in an account in the city. Uh, now, again, you donate that money to a, a shelter or something like that. It's not going to make a significant difference. But they haven't even bothered to send the money out yet. So uh, basically, it's been a that just this really has not worked. Uh, and I wanted to, to let people know that, that not only is it not working, it's also not people any money. And how did this come about, Dan McGowan? Any it was with this was this the mayor? Or many times could just be a, a staff person. Or was this floating around in the community? Did they see that this worked in another city? How how did Providence land with? And I want people to understand there's there's eleven there's eleven of them. So that's a, you know eleven thousand dollars just out of the box. It's only generated a little over two. How how did this whole thing come about? Yeah, classic uh, Mayor Alorza. Uh, you know he goes to a conference somewhere you know a mayor's conference whatever out of, out of the out of the state 
and here's that other communities are doing this. You've seen it in uh, Denver. There's been a there's been a bunch of cities. I remember at the time I you know I looked them up and I, I noticed at the time most places were struggling because again it's you know even if these things are located in you know high traffic areas it's not natural for a person to say I want to go up to that thing that looks like a parking meter and put coins right. in it or or put my credit card in it what if I get you know ripped off or something like that and so he kind of knew going in it wasn't going to be a massive you know success but he certainly pitched it I mean John I covered the the initial press conference and you remember this came right after the mayor was getting just pummeled by mayor, by former mayor Joe Palino and many people throughout yes. the city about how much panhandling was happening, how much kind of Kennedy Plaza was looking like a disaster. <laughs> and so he, he said, you know, we're going to roll out all these plans. And the one that came with the biggest fanfare were these, these giving meters. I remember we were in Kennedy Plaza Remember the mayor, you know, took out his credit card. He was the first to donate a hundred dollars. Um, and it, you know, it was a big deal. They, all the press covered it. And it turns out that uh, just has not worked to uh, as well as he'd have liked. And Dan McGowan, I just want to clarify: there's eleven of these giving meters, two dollars a day. Is this two dollars a day per giving meter, or just of the eleven they account for two dollars a day? Literally of the eleven. On of the eleven. Of the eleven. Yeah. So two dollars a day wow. overall at all these things. So we're talking, That's you know, ten twenty cents. 20 cents. <laughs> 20 cents a day what a, now has anyone called them in the, now uh, and also in fairness you know uh, granted pandemic but I, I don't think enough is done to promote it i was never convinced this was going to work but w- where does this go do they finally give up the ship uh why haven't they given away the money is this something you think we're going to learn about over the next couple of days or weeks yeah i think we'll start to hear i think there you know whenever you start to think about if you're a politician in, in the mayor's case if you're thinking about running for governor uh you know nobody i'm already hearing from the mayor's staff today they're not thrilled that you know this is out there so what almost always happens is you get some sort of uh you know reaction where they you know immediately donate the money and and, and you know if they're doing it the right way they would also maybe i don't know add $80,000 or something to it to, uh, to make sure that, you know, they're, they're actually contributing something uh, significant to social service organizations. But, you know, I, I, my gut is they, the mayor can be a little bit stubborn. I think he would say that there's a lot of kind of no harm, no foul here because sure it costs a thousand bucks to install, but this isn't all that significant, uh, you know, amount of money. And so, who cares? You know, if they're there, if they work, if they generate any money, we'll take it. If not, it's fine. They're just they're just meters in the ground. But again, I mean, what I go back to on this, John, is all of us covered this as though it was going to be something significant, as though it was part yes. of a solution. Um, and yeah. and you nailed it. I mean, you haven't seen a significant, uh, haven't seen significant change on that issue. And, and this certainly this solution uh, has not really worked out for them. Hmm. Folks, again, uh, it, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And Dan, this is all kind of in the backdrop. But I mean, he uh, you and I were both at that press briefing last summer when Mayor Lorza really went out and started talking about reparations within the city and didn't have an exact number and didn't want to get into that. But he's already got one failed program here. Uh, have you heard anything more about uh, his plan to introduce reparations for residents of the city well, of Providence? Remember, he's got two big ones that he announced pretty much back to back. One is the reparations. The other was a yep. uh, universal income uh, type yes. or a guaranteed income pilot program. And we've heard yep. very little on both ends of that. Now, in fairness to the city, I think they are trying to take, or the mayor is trying to take, you know, a thoughtful approach. He knows that, reparations if we're talking you know millions and millions of dollars or something uh is you know is a difficult uh program to come up with so he's trying and his team they're trying to do their due diligence on it but you know it is a kind of a classic like i said about the giving meters kind of classic allures a move which is you get a lot of attention for you know we're gonna do, we're gonna do reparations that's a national headline uh, we're going to go, you know, guaranteed income. That was a big, big deal. They took a bunch of money from, uh, I think, Twitter donated a bunch of money to the city for this. And we really haven't seen 
um, even the the beginning. I mean, remember, John, you were you were the one at the the original press conference for reparations asking about dollar amounts and saying, hey, yeah, you know, what can people even like sort of expect? You know, ballpark, ball, yeah. ballpark, exactly. And they do not yeah. have an answer. So, uh, no. and by the way, this is one of those challenges. If he's going to run for governor, he's going to get picked apart by people who say this is a mayor who announces things and then doesn't complete them. Right. Doesn't finish the job. Um, and it, yeah. and I think it, it's it's actually legitimate criticism in these cases. You you have you know you roll things out to big fanfare and then you kind of uh, drop the ball along the way. Yeah, that was at the Dexter Street yep. playground. He kind of shot me down a little bit, saying that's the wrong way to look at this. <clears throat> We're not focusing on an amount, but excuse me, when you start talking about reparations, the first thing people think of is this: a thousand dollars, this two thousand, twenty-five, whatever it's going to be, folks. A, a lot more. We're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Five zero eight. 336-2110-508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110, 24 hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil, make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, it's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them, 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And folks, not only do I read his stories in the Globe, I also follow him on social media. Dan uh, kind of tweeted out yesterday that new governor, Dan McKee, is going to do his first interview on the Joe Paolino program, Sunday mornings on ABC6. And then the Paolino people put out a little tweet saying, hey, you know, our special guest is going to be the new governor, Dan, Dan McKee. And as you gave them credit, that's their first, he's the first one, nice get, first one to get the interview. So then I tweeted out, uh, McKee's first order of business, talk Joe out of running. And he actually called me this morning, Joe, and, and said he laughed out loud when he saw it. 
But but Dan McGowan, as much as yes, he is, you know, the new governor, uh, as you and I have talked about this, you know, that primary and people announcing they're going to run for governor is it's going to be coming up pretty quickly. And Paolino, they're kind of cut from the same cloth that uh, it would behoove Governor McKee to make sure he doesn't have former Mayor Joe Paolino in a Democrat. That's party. exactly right. If I'm uh, if I'm Dan McKee. Uh, I'm marrying Joe Paolino here, right? I'm, I, I, yeah. I want his support. I want his ability to help me fundraise. Uh, you know, and, yep. and I make the case, you know, if, if, if you're Dan McKee and you are not the governor, if you're the lieutenant governor, uh, then Joe Paolino has the advantage over you, right? He's a wealthy guy, well-known. He says, look, Dan, you know, you had your chance, but you're not going to be able to do this. Now it's completely different. Dan McKee's the incumbent governor. I think he does have the ability to potentially – uh, you know, push aside uh, uh, the former mayor and, and, and maybe actually gain his support. Now, of course, John, I love the you know, media inside baseball stuff. As you can imagine, cool. people are freaking out about the idea that Joe Paolino, who has a show, but is, of course, not a journalist, uh, it, you know, right. is the first person to get the interview. And, you know, I, I mean, on one hand, the, the journalist in me says, well, I wanted that first interview or, you know, ch- give Channel 12 the first interview. They're, they kind of have the best Sunday show. On the other hand, if you're Dan McKee, you're probably getting a very friendly audience. You're probably going to kind of through repetitions where you, uh, you know, where you can kind of practice for the harder interviews. And so there's almost yes. a, an intelligent move, although, again, the, the, the journalist in me says, boy, I, I, I wish I could see Tim White doing that interview, not Joe Paolino. Well, and, and on top of that, it was just a week ago where Providence City Council President Sabina Matos was on with Joe Paolino. That's right. Joe's so everywhere. So t- to me, they're definitely, well, they're definitely using, utilizing that platform i i would describe it if it's it's more of a conversation yeah. than an interview but i've been on the program and, and listen i've known joe for a long time enough that he immediately picked up the phone and called me first thing <laughs> this morning as he was on his way to some breakfast what what i just find interesting about that is now jerry zarella who was running the trump rhode island campaign he jumped off the trump campaign i mean the day after the election he was like the first one that's it it's over we lost Biden's the president and he immediately started talking up that he was going to work on the Paolino for governor campaign. So there were certainly some meetings in the development. I, I, I don't think Joe needs to run. I think Dan McKee, they, they, they kind of aligned. And, and I think McKee would would kind of hit a lot of the themes that that Paolino would want to hit. Now, speaking of that, Dan McGowan, what are you hearing? Uh, it shouldn't be lost on anyone that's really been paying attention unless I miss something. Sabina Matos, who we mentioned, who's the head of the Providence City Council, you were the first one that I heard mention her name. <clears throat> uh, the first, his first day as governor, he did three appearances with her, and then Monday he did another appearance with her. I, I, I have not heard of him doing any type of media appearance with anyone else that's being considered to be the the next no you governor. you nailed it and, and sabina matos has played her cards very well here you know i i was i went yeah. to uh this week uh, the the governor you know visited a food pantry uh, on dexter street in providence and the the council president sabina matos came along and she's uh, to her credit with him she uh in fact at one yep. moment she kind of I, I i was so close to them that she I, I i heard her whisper in his ear uh you know don't forget to mention this person uh you know almost the way Ooh. you would staff a person you know the governor um and yeah those, wow that's those valuable are the kind of things that that make a big difference and she's showing you know that's a silly little example but it's an example of they have camaraderie. They, you know, she's showing, I got your back on this one. It's not just, it's not about me. Um, and she's very quick to kind of deflect and say, I'm going to let the, or the governor, uh, you know, uh, you know, pick his time. Uh, you know, the candidates, in fact, interviews begin today, John, uh, for the, the, this process for Lieutenant governor. And, you know, we still believe everybody, you know, more than 80 candidates are going to get an interview, but, all signs suggest, as as I've been telling you for weeks and weeks and weeks, Sabina Matos definitely appears to be a favorite. I would say Liz Beretta Perrick, another name that a lot of people use, the ability to fundraise. Um, and then, of course, uh, former Central Falls Mayor James Dios. It really seems like those are the front runners. But, God, you know, the governor has already surprised us a bunch in his first week on the job. So you never know. I've been told, if you're looking for a timeline, um, 
by the end of the month, we'll have a lieutenant governor. That's their goal. Um, I, I would imagine they'd like to do it even quicker than that, but I've been told by the end of the month, we will have a lieutenant governor. Nadia McGowan, uh, John Laughlin, who I'm friendly with, who's on the radio, he was announcing this is easy. He's going to pick Nelly Govia. I, I and I like John and know John. I didn't hear it directly, but I, I had heard that the, the problem with selecting a Nelly Govia is Secretary of State is she she's won't rule out that she plans to run for governor next year, and you're not going to select someone who you're going to be facing off against in a primary. Exactly right. I mean, here's the thing. That is, you and I would both agree. If you wanted to make yeah. um, a strategic political decision, yes, that would be the right choice. Um, again, whether she's good at the job or not, doesn't matter. Just politically, that's the right choice. Uh, my understanding, I don't know if Dan McKee and Nellie Gorbea have had a direct one-on-one -on -one conversation. I know yep. for certain, though, that Dan McKee's people reached out to Nellie Gorbea's people, and it was made very clear that she intends to run for governor. She has exactly. no interest in, in being the lieutenant governor. And so that's why right. that may sound good, but it is unlikely to happen. And what did you make of Channel 10? Granted, they didn't report it, but one of the reporters, and then they retweeted it, which means to me that means like a new source is standing by, a story that a uh, Republican uh, councilman in Cranston is, quote, on the, on the short list. Yeah. I mean, I and, and I heard from his friends. And by the way, I know the guy. I have nothing against him. But I heard from his friends who said to me, please stop mentioning he's a Republican. I mean, what are we talking about here? I, I'm sorry. I just that would be the story would be if Dan, Dan McKee, the governor, McKee reached over. Can you imagine him selecting a Republican to be the lieutenant governor? The attack that would go after him in the primary but Dan McGowan, what, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, your instincts on this are completely correct. There's nothing in my reporting that suggests that no. the councilman, his name's Ed Brady, uh, has any real chance to be, uh, you know, to, 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 to be the lieutenant governor. Now, is it possible that they have some relationship where he gets to I'm sure they do, do some sort of small sure. business work or something like that? Yes. But you know, I mean, 100%. you brought it up perfectly, John. Let, let for all the for you and I and for for listeners of, of you who, who would say, oh, boy, bipartisanship, that's great. The truth is that you no. get killed what? in a Democratic primary for that. And that's yes. all that matters to this governor. Now, uh, Dan McGowan, as a resident of Providence, there's another story that is uh, that I think is really and it's developing faster than I thought it would. But what do you make of the fact with uh, last year, was a, it was a major problem. This problem with the ATVs, the folks, these uh, off-terrain vehicles, that they ride them around the city street. They ride big groups. They're fast. They're on the sidewalk. They don't follow rules. We, it really culminated last fall with J Jamal Gonzalez with the, the accident that then caused riots. But all summer long in Providence, it was a problem. And they tried the speed bumps. And I have friends that live in Fox Point that described it was just a nightmare with India Point Park and the street racing. But Dan McGowan, there was, a, there was an incident yesterday. There's a problem at Roger Williams Park. But what I think is, is more interesting is Cranston had a press briefing saying zero tolerance, not happening. And Alorza, who's running for governor, or seemingly, has been hinting that he'd like to try to find a way to work with the, the riders and these bikers. Um, uh, how, how do you see this playing out? I, I think this is, this is going to become an issue now in his I think it's, a, it's potentially, of all the things that people might say that, you know, Mayor Lorza has been not the best mayor, you know, out of touch, all that, you know, typical critiques of his. If, if there's one thing that could potentially stall or end his chances at being governor, um, it's something like this because it's so crystallized, right? It's so easy to understand if you're a voter in the suburbs of Rhode Island that this mayor wanted to, uh, you know, legalize essentially uh, the, you know, eight just you know, incident after incident. Um, yeah, I, I, by the way, I, honestly, I think this is a move on his own. Uh, I know he said that the the police department leadership is is in support of this. Uh, you know, no, you know those guys, John. I know those guys. There's no way that they actually truly support, uh, you know, any sort of no. registration for uh, for these they things. Don't. And I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a no. it's a very tough issue now. As I've said, the thing that kind of saves him, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is he's not going to find a sponsor in the state legislature for a bill like this. And so 
he almost is, you know, it, it, it's, it's perplexing because for a person who's going to waste a lot of political capital on, you know, something that is thoroughly unpopular, he's not even going to get, a, you know, a chance in the legislature to make his case. No. And so uh, it, it's sort of all bad on his end, both politically, optics, you know, all that stuff. Um, and it is, look, you know, I live in Mount Pleasant. We see these things ride through. Um, I get it. You know, there's there's an argument of kids will be kids, but these things can be very dangerous. I mean, there's an incident on Manton Avenue just two nights ago. Um, you know, so a pedestrian gets hit. It's very, it can be very, very dangerous. And the argument that you want to make it safer, um, it, it's just, it's, it's a very tough one to swallow. I don't know anybody on the city council that supports this. I don't know anybody in the state legislature that has raised their hand. Uh, and if I'm any of the candidates that want to run for governor, uh, this is where the opposition research comes into play. And this will be, you know, everywhere if he's running, it'll be, you know, this to legalize chaos. Yeah, I, I know two of them, two of the riders really well. They're both of the age of 25. They don't live in Providence. They keep their bikes in a warehouse in Providence. When it gets warmer, I may do a Facebook Live from the back of one of them. I'm friendly with them as we're riding around. Like in the past, your helmet. good to watch, and no one has done that yet. So, you know, I would have to wear the helmet. But they, they, these are not young teenage kids in Providence. They're both, they have like, well, one of them has a really good job, but they're both like, you know, they're, they're men. They're not young kids that live in the city, and they keep them in the city. Uh, but th- this is, he is, he is causing this problem because it's it's a real battle with the police folks quick break a lot more dan mcgowan of the boston globe right here on the john DePietro show the heating season is here folks you need to call jkl engineering today jkl 401-351-7600 let jkl engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system the energy efficient quiet more affordable than you think if you think no gas hey guess what no problem let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L. is Cary Factory authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years... J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved national grid BPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navian certified factory dealer called J.K.L. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401 351 7600 jkl they'll do it right the first time now call them you don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system what if it starts to get really cold call jkl right now free quote free estimate estimates are free financing is available 401-351-7600 rhode island massachusetts it's jkl engineering 401-351-7600 Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, Third-party brokerage for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight 
or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight, they have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And folks, when you pick up the Boston Globe, you can read the story as I did. A Guide to the Rhode Island Senate's Plan to Legalize Cannabis. Dan McGowan, a lot of people have been waiting for this. Uh, you would do a very in-depth story if you wouldn't mind just kind of... Yeah, I mean, the big headline bit. here is the, is the tax rate for this, I think. Uh, well, there's two headlines. There's the tax rate. So they, they want to legalize marijuana, just like in Massachusetts. And they want it to be a 20% tax yep. rate. It would be... Uh, it would essentially be 17% wow. to the state and then 3% to wherever it's sold. So, you know, you go by uh, edible in, in Providence, Providence gets 3% of the, the sales there. So I think that's the kind of the one of the big headlines. The other one that I think will a lot of people as this kind of crystallizes comes together um, is they're not putting a significant cap on these, on these um, in various communities. And so in fact, there, the, the way the legislation is written, um, if, if you were, let's say, for just for the sake of argument, Barrington says they don't want to do this, the, the city or town that, that wants this, that wants voters to decide would literally have to actively put it on the ballot um, by next year. And then voters could vote it down. But if it's not, if it doesn't go on the ballot or voters were to support it, then uh, you know, you would, you, um, you know, have at, at least three retail licenses in every city and town in Rhode Island. Uh, so, you know, that's a bonanza. Now, it doesn't mean every community would get it. It doesn't mean every community, you know, everyone would apply. You know, Providence is obviously more likely to get them than, uh, you know, a, a very small community. But not, uh, you know, a potential with this. And, uh, you know, it, you could have a scenario where, I don't know, a year from now, two years from now, you know, you and I are talking about you're doing live, you know, remote uh, remote shows from one of the, the or from one of the locations because there's so many of them. <laughs> Done. I can't wait. Sure. Not a problem. Dave McGowan, one part of this that kind of surprised me a little bit is the home plants in uh, public pot out the, the amount of, you know, total of 12 plants. A lot of people don't wouldn't know this, but there, there are people that rent full apartments and homes in Pawtucket and Providence and Cranston. And, and they, they rent out the apartment of the house strictly as that's right. As well, you know, I mean, legal one, if you go, if you were ever read a search warrant from the police, you know how they know that, that this is happening is the electric bill goes through the roof uh, because that, that's how they, yes, that's a way they that's catch a it. Good point. And, uh, and that's, you know, again, there are places that you can do this legally, but I'm just saying that's what, what happens illegally. You're, you're right. Uh, they would allow six, uh, up to six, what they call active plants um, for your home grow operation, which um, I'll be honest, I'm not a, a big marijuana user. I'm told that's more than enough uh, it, 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 for your own supply, let's say. Um, so, yeah, and, and that's different. There are, now, Massachusetts does have home grow rules as well, but other states do not. Other states try to cut that out completely because you know, mostly they want the tax revenue that comes from being able to, you know, go and buy it. So it is a little bit more, it's, it's a different avenue, I think, that this, the state has taken. I should say, we know that Governor McKee's budget, which comes out this week, will have a different plan than the Senate's plan. But I'm told the governor's plan is older. You know, we're going to we know we want this in the budget and they're very open to the Senate bill. So the Senate bill, if you read my story, kind of breaking down everything that's in the bill, um, you know, things could get changed a bit. But that's generally the path forward for legalization in Rhode Island, at least as we stand today. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McCown of the Boston Globe and Dan, speaking of Governor McKee. What did you make of yesterday? Um, I, I, I think it's pretty obvious. Number one, listen, this isn't as, as easy as it looks as he's finding out. But the politics that he's getting into, I think they've made a decision. They do not want to have this contentious relationship, if it can be avoided, with the very powerful teachers unions. And that did seem awkward yesterday. AARP came out. Hey, you're pushing people back. 
I, I don't see any other way to look at this other than there are politics involved with who's going to get the vaccine and people that thought they were going to have to get they were going to get it seemingly are in fact going to have to wait a little there, longer you, you know i mean back. there i think there are real politics i think this is a, 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 a you know a long game that dan mckee is playing which is of course schools should be fully reopening and all of that and so you know here i i need to move you guys along this seems like a, a practical way to do it but make no mistake about it the the background on all of this is the teachers unions have never supported dan mckee they're showing a willingness to hear him out uh and he is saying i'll you know i'll make this happen what he is betting on uh just quite frankly and it is a gamble it's a probably it's a successful uh it's, it's a bet that you and i might make too but he what he's betting on is there's going to be so much supply soon that it's not going to matter anyway, but he wanted, and meaning that everyone will be able to get it. You know, that's the, the, certainly the, the president Biden play. Um, but what he wanted to do was come out and he wanted to have a, you know, a meeting where the teachers say, Hey, we like what this governor is doing. Uh, it, it, it is a way to saddle up to them. Now, yep. by the way, could, could argue it's good policy. Again, students should be back in school. Teachers should be back in school. So you can make that argument. Sure. Yes, this is a, right. this is very much, uh, you know, a, 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 an example of where the governor believes that po- good policy makes also good politics. Dan McGowan, he can, let's face it, he can't ignore Seth Magaziner sitting there on the sidelines waiting to pounce if the, the teachers don't get it. I do you, do you know, was this widely discussed internal? Is this someone that kind of swayed him on this or is it just his own instinct? I, I actually know, think I, it was the, the right decision. The thing about this governor is he has been saying some version of this all along. The pro- the, pro- the problem is, is that's that right. He, Good point. He kind of, this was the first time that he ever actually showed us any version of a plan, right? For a while it was, I want to get shots in arms. I want to get shots yeah. in arms. Um, I think what, what, what developed one, again, you do have more access to the vaccine. I think what he's being told by some of his political advisors is, Hey, you have to come with some substance sometimes, right? I want, I want, I want, without a plan, the reporters are going to get annoyed. You're going to start to get beat up. And this was kind of an example where, where they were able to put a date on it. I mean, you know, as soon as today, I think in Warwick and in Providence, teachers can sign up. As soon as this weekend, you're going to start to see yes. you know, a, a lot of teachers signing up. So I think this was his way of saying, um, you know, here we're ready. We're going to actually have a plan. And, John, what, what he gets to do, you and I have talked a lot about this, too. He's going to get to do this oh. for every group. 40 something, 50 something, the teachers, he's going to reopen the, the yep. you know, the restaurants and, and the businesses. Uh, he's going to take advantage of every chance he gets to have a ribbon cutting and have a big announcement. Uh, and again, the backdrop here, it's a smart political play by him. It is. The campaign is underway. Your colleague, uh, Dan McGowan, Ed Fitzpatrick, he happened to catch up with Governor Raimondo on Sunday outside her home, Providence's east side. Now, it didn't get a lot of play, and I think she seemingly kind of gets a pass because she's going to be Commerce Secretary. However, her not being there Sunday for the swearing-in, it, it did break tradition because when Link Allman left office, Governor Kachiri was there, was being sworn in. Link Allman was there with uh, with Chafee stood up right. and started blasting the Catholic Church and the Governor Kachiri's executive orders as Governor Kachiri and, and the late Sue Kachiri was sitting there. Governor Chafee was wearing his ski jacket as Governor Mundo was being sworn in. It it did take precedent. And the fact that she was in, you know, her neighborhood later in the afternoon, things had been arranged a little bit differently. She absolutely could have attended. I mean, could let's, have attended. Be honest, let's be honest about this. I mean, the, <laughs> uh, how much did President Trump get killed for not being, you know, not being at breaking. Oh, trip, my God. Right? And, and you're right. If you told me that she was on, you know, in China for, for you know, meetings, I'd say, OK, I get it. But when you're, you know, when you're present, it's not like it was a secret. The governor's team was putting together an inauguration ceremony for uh, a long time, weeks, probably, of, of putting together something. So uh, she, she probably should have been there. Um, 
no, I mean, she should have been there. There's no question about it. And uh, yeah, I think it, it at least adds to that fuel again of you know, that the go- that Governor Raimondo and now Secretary yeah. Raimondo and Governor McKee uh, just do not see eye to eye. They do not. And again, unless I hear differently, do we have any reason to believe that she would not be supporting Treasurer no. Magaziner in that in that Democrat primary no, in some way, or do you think? I mean, my go ahead. Do you think she stays out of the she primary? She stays out of the primary. The interesting question is going to be how much will Dan McKee, okay. uh, you know, try to kind of saddle up to the president? You know, could you get the president to announce something about Rhode Island where he, where you know, something like that? There's some whispers wow. about that behind the scenes. I think you're right. You, you know, if if it were the field that it looks like right now. I would bet money that Gina Raimondo would be uh, at least privately supportive of Seth Magaziner. Um, But I think she's probably going to, you know, she gets to kind of say, look, I'm going to do whatever the president wants me to do. And if the president wants me to stay out, I'm going to stay out. Sure. And Dan McGowan, uh, just final question. Last Thursday, I asked uh, Education Commissioner Fonte Green if the Providence Teachers Contract, if this is a nine inning game, what inning do you think we're in? Were yeah, you surprised I, 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 when I she was said surprised we're in the ninth I, inning? Uh, I actually teased her privately to say, uh, you know, you know, there are only nine innings in a baseball game uh, because that is yeah. it's just uh, it's hard to say. It's completely untrue. It, I think it's uh, it's hard to believe. I, they met for the they've been meeting all week this week. They've met more than fifty times now. The the union and the teachers. Um, or the yep. union in the, in the administration, wow. and they're not all that close. I mean, they're ready to go to war over little things in the contract right oh. now, not a big final solution. So I, I'm surprised. I was surprised that she said that. The other, uh, I heard from a few people they were surprised that she said that. Folks, again, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. I encourage you to uh, send him the free email to get roadmap. Dan, great job. Great job. Continue. You are a news breaker. Thanks so much, John. Talk to you soon. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal. Since 2006, and also 24-7 emergency service available, call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028, whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028. 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com.